Psalm 138 will be our passage. We're going to look at all eight verses, so turn there if you would. Psalm number 138. Verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I ask for your blessing on this message. I ask for clarity as I speak it, Lord, that your word would stand forth above all. You would remove the distractions that might be in our hearts and our minds. And that we would focus now on what your spirit is telling us. And you would take these truths and do the work with them that only you can do. I thank you for all that you've done. All that you've given us, in Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. So if you look at the psalm in your Bible, you notice just a simple title. Some of the psalms have longer titles to where they kind of tell you what was going on. This was written at this time, or this was written by this person for this reason. Here we just see a simple title, a psalm of David. There's no introduction given. We're not given details on the occasion when he writes it. Some try to guess when this might have been written or what he might have been facing during the psalm. Um, We're not told. We're just told he writes it. And whatever the occasion is, we can tell that his heart is full. His heart is full of praise. It's bursting forth and he's pouring out his heart about how great God is. In fact, this last section of psalms is full of psalms like that. Just wonderful psalms full of praise. and The words jump off the page as we read them. You you understand that praise could fit in any time of life. This could have been written during a hard time in David's life. And certainly in those times we praise God. It could have been written in one of the better times. Always is a proper time to praise God. It's not just in the hard times. It's not just in the good times. We should be always praising Him. Because God is good all the time. And God is worthy of praise all the time. Can you imagine singing a psalm like this? Because that's what this is. It's a song. Singing these words and letting your heart pour out these words. We have songs of high praise, don't we? I think of how great thou art. I think of Great is thy faithfulness. I think of the the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. We have songs that are high and lifted up in their praise to Him. And this is right along in that line. But what I want you to know this morning, this is not just for pretty words. Sometimes we read the Psalms and, oh, that sounds so good. That's so 
nice to hear. It's not just for pretty words. It's meant to teach us something. It's meant to guide our hearts in a, in a way that brings us closer to God. There's things that we can learn from it. So what I'd like you to notice first in this psalm of praise is the focus of his praise. The focus of his praise. Look at verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Now, David does this in the Psalms. He'll make a big, huge statement. He'll start the Psalm with this big, sweeping declaration, like, I'm praising you with all that I am. And then he'll spend the rest of the Psalm going through and explaining why he said that. I think he does this here. I'm going to praise you with my whole heart. Well, why will you praise him? He's going to tell us. He's going to show us what is in his heart. And what he is saying at the beginning is, Lord, it's all about you. All of me is pointing to all of you. It's not about me. The focus is not about me or what maybe what is in my heart. With my whole heart, I am praising you. In fact, the word used in Hebrew is to confess. You get the, the picture? It's not just this quiet inward praise. It's coming out. He's confessing. He is professing. I'm praising you with all of my heart. With all that I am. In fact, all my heart is in my praise. I want everyone to know my God and how wonderful He is, and I don't care who hears. Have you ever um, sat in a service when everybody was singing loud, and you're singing loud, and you don't care who hears? If you're a little off-key, no one's going to know. It kind of blends in (laughs) with all the rest of the voices, and you're... In fact, you try to sing louder than you normally do, and you can't sing as loud as you want to. You've ever experienced that? That's kind of the the sense that I get from David. I'm praising you with my whole heart as loud as I can. I don't care who hears. In fact, I want everybody to hear. All of me is in this praise. And I don't think this was just within the doors of the temple. You see, sometimes we can do that. We can sing as loud as we want and say amen as loud as we want, but when we walk out the doors, it goes quiet. Not with David. He says, I'm praising you with all of my heart. Is your heart in worship this morning? Or did you show up today half a person? With the idea that sometimes we can have, yeah, let's get this over with. Because there's some things I really want to do today. So let's get over with church put in my time, and then I'm going to get to what I want to do. If we show up with that idea or that mindset to church, I think we've showed up with the wrong heart. You'll never see a psalm where David says, yeah, I praised him. I, I, I said some words with some of my heart. But yet sometimes don't we find our own hearts in that condition? David says, no, I'm showing up. I'm praising you with my whole heart. All of me is praising you. That's the attitude we ought to show up with. That's the attitude we ought to face each day with. I'm going to praise God with all that I am in this day. Yes, in my job. Yes, in this situation I might be facing. We need to take the praise that is in our hearts out the door and take it through the rest of the week. You know what I have found good for me? Because it it can get distracting, right? 
Things can pile up. You've got schedules. You've got stuff to do. We've got to run the kids here and there and got to take care of this and that. And it can get distracting to where our minds become unfocused on Him. I find throughout the day, if I turn off distractions and maybe turn on some gospel songs or a gospel station on Pandora or whatever you might use, and I sing along or I hum along or I whistle along at work, just that little bit of praise starts to recenter my heart. Praise does something for us. Praise helps us in a way that refocuses our mind and gets our mind on God rather than other things. I see that right in David's heart from the get-go. I'm praising you with all that I am. Now there's a statement there made in verse 1, before the gods. We're going to come back to that because I think that's pretty important. We'll circle back to that at the end. But I want you to know that David is praising God and he's praising Him for some specific things in this psalm. Look at verse 2. I will worship toward Thy holy temple and praise Thy name for Thy loving kindness and for Thy truth. He says, My heart is focused toward Your house. I am worshiping toward Thy holy temple. Now we're familiar with Islam and things like that that actually bow down towards the east or towards Mecca. That's not what David's talking about. What he's saying is, my heart is focused on your dwelling place. The place where I meet with you. In fact, I can't wait to get back there to meet with you again. In Psalm 122, in verse 1, he says this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What a joy it is that David uh, proclaims over and over, what a joy it is for me to meet with you, to go to your house. In fact, my focus is toward that time. It's toward that place. And I wonder this morning, do we in our own hearts look forward to Sunday and to Wednesday? That time when we can meet with God again. The time where we can recenter. The time where we can unload all of the cares and the worries and tune everything else out and focus on Him. Because we so need that, don't we? There are, again, there's so much in the world to fill our minds and to distract us. There's too many burdens for us to bear alone. We need to come and meet with God and commune with Him. And I wonder if our hearts long for that. Sunday and a Wednesday is a chance for us to meet with our Savior, a chance for us to lay at His feet all of our burdens, all of our cares, to let Him take those away and to let our hearts and voices ring with new praise. Now listen, certainly you can read Scripture and pray on your own and you ought to do that. And you can find help through, through the week in your own walk with God, but there's nothing, there's nothing that compares to, to meeting with God in His house. There's a lot of Lone Ranger Christianity out there today. That's not the focus of the Bible. God started a church because, number one, we need each other. And there's nothing like coming into the presence of God with His people at His place, His house. You know, it used to be in days past that Sunday was the focus of the week, right? That was the high point. And everything was geared toward that day. And there was Sunday meals and right after church, and that was the family day. Now, it's Saturday and me time. That's what the focus is. 
Perhaps we need to get back to worshiping toward His house. Perhaps we need to get back life revolving around Sunday and meeting with God and the church house rather than ourselves. Because I see that in David's heart. I'm worshiping towards your temple. I can't wait to meet with you again. I can't wait to be there in His presence. And he says, not only that, I praise your name for your loving kindness and truth. I praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now he says, I praise your name. I don't think we quite understand that concept in English. When we read our Bibles, most of the time we see God or we see Lord. But did you know in Hebrew there's different names for God? Different names that we don't quite catch in English. Now listen, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I do my best with a Strong's Concordance and trying to, to figure things out and, and pronounce them, which I, I, Hebrew's hard to pronounce too. But it's enough to see there's a concept behind it when David says, I'm praising your name. Because God is at times addressed in different ways with different names or God uses different names for Himself that tell us about Himself. Different names that he uses describes his character, like Yahweh, I am. That's his name, that's his existence, God is. Another name is El Shaddai. Perhaps you've heard that, maybe you've heard the song. God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Adonai, Lord and Master. Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Suri, the Lord is my rock. On and on, there's different names that describe the character and different aspects of God. See, just by those names, we can see that God is, He is Almighty, but yet He provides for us. He is our Master, but He is one who heals and gives us peace and is our rock. You see how it describes his character? And David's saying, I'm praising your name because it tells you about me. By your name, I know that you are loving and kind and true. I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness and truth. What a beautiful word loving kindness is. What better way to describe how God has dealt with us? Has not God been so loving and so kind to us? It is His grace and His mercy and His love and His care all wrapped up into one. In fact, I want you to see how David puts it in another psalm. Can you turn over to Psalm 103? I want you to see this, how David's heart praises God. Psalm 103. And as we read this, I want you to see the loving kindness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, how He has dealt with us in a loving way. Psalm 103 and verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. You see that? Not just some. Not just a bit. God forgives all of our sins. When we ask Him. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth my mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways unto Moses and His acts unto the children of Israel. 
Listen, verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. God has been so good to us, has He not? God has been so gracious and so loving. We ought to praise Him for that. You know what the human tendency is? To come to expect these things. The human tendency, the the tendency of our fallen nature is to expect God to continue to be good to us. You realize He doesn't have to. God doesn't have to be merciful to us. God doesn't have to be gracious to us, yet He does, doesn't He? Time and time after we slip and time and time after we fall and, and we do things we're not supposed to, God is merciful and He draws us back and He removes that iniquity. David knows this. David's walked through some sin, hasn't he? But yet God forgives him. Haven't we walked through some of the same things? And so our voices should lift and praise for God's loving kindness toward us. God is so good and gracious and loving to me. But He is also true. Do you see that back in Psalm 138? I will praise Thy name for Thy loving kindness and for Thy truth. There's a pairing there, and I don't think it's by chance. God's grace and God's mercy has a foundation. He's not good to us just to be nice. He's not just some giant slot machine in the sky that we hope continues to pay out grace and mercy and good. God has a purpose for us. God has a truth that we need to understand. He has a direction that He wants us to go. God wants us to know the truth of His Word. Truth about His character. Truth about serving Him that gives us purpose and direction and a solid foundation under our feet. And the truth of God elevates the praise of God. Once I understand who I am in the face of holy God... The praise lifts higher, doesn't it? Like I just said, I don't deserve any of His goodness. I'm a sinner. I make the wrong choices. Even after I know Him as Savior, even after I know Him as the Lord of my life, I still do the wrong things. I still say the wrong things. And He still forgives me. And doesn't that lift up praise higher? God is so good. Because He is so merciful and He is so gracious. God is good enough to us to offer offer salvation to us. To offer a life of walking with Him. To give us the promise of eternal joy and happiness. To guide us along the way. Yes, we praise Him for His truth. And how do we know His truth? We know His truth by His Word. Look at the end of verse 2. For thou hast magnified thy word above all. All thy name. That's an important phrase in Scripture. I have it underlined. I have it written in the back cover of my Bible about how high God holds His Word. Thou hast magnified thy Word above all thy name. How high does God hold His Bible? 
higher than His own name. You see, God can be known by His names, right? We just saw that. We can understand His character by His names. We can understand the grace and the goodness of God by His actions, His loving kindness and His truth. But nothing compares to the Word of God. The Bible is the clearest and greatest declaration of God. It tells us the most we need to know. The Word explains His character. The Word explains the way, the, uh, why He acts the way that He does. The Word gives us everything we need to know about God. And God is the one who gave us His Word. This isn't just some dead book on a page. It's a living book. Hebrews tells us that. It is alive. It speaks to the needs that I have. It gets right down to my issues. It changes me. Because it is God speaking to me. You understand that? When you read the Bible, it is God speaking to your heart. It is the tool that God has chosen to speak to you and I. It's not by an audible voice. If you're walking down the street and you hear, Ryan, this is God, it's probably either somebody in the bushes or maybe... You need to check your mental health. God doesn't speak in audible voices. Nor is it primarily by the still small voice that leads our heart by the Holy Spirit. We know that, right? The Spirit speaking through our own conscience, telling us don't do that, don't say that, probably shouldn't do that. That's not primarily the way that God speaks to us. The way that God speaks to us is through His Word. And if you want to hear from God, let's sit down and read the Bible and have an open heart. And when it speaks, we ought to be silent and obedient because it is God's voice. Are you thankful for His Word this morning? Then praise Him for it. We ought to praise Him for this clear declaration of truth. David says, I praise you for all of that. Okay, so that's the focus of his praise. He's praising God with his whole heart. He's thankful for meeting with God. He's thankful for God's kindness and loving kindness and His truth. For His Word. But I want you to know this is not just by a head knowledge that David's doing this. We see the focus of David's praise. I want you to see the foundation of David's praise next. Verse 3. In the day when I cried, Thou answeredst me, and you strengthened me with strength in my soul. David knows God's goodness. David knows God's loving kindness. David knows the power of meeting with his people. David knows the power of God's word by experience. These aren't just some ideas about God. A lot of people could stand up and spit out ideas because they have a head knowledge. It's different when somebody stands before you and says, Listen, I know what God can do because he did it for me. I can stand before you and talk to you personally about God's salvation. I know how He can take me from death to life because He did so for me. And David here is standing and saying, listen, there was a day when I was in trouble and God gave me strength like nobody else could. He's seen God work firsthand. He's walked some dark paths that God brought him through. He has felt and experienced all that he is praising God for. 
There was a day when he was out strength with he was without strength. There was a day when he was overwhelmed. There was a day when the anxiety or the depression or the fear was overtaking him and he cried out. You could point to many examples in David's life, but I want you to see one and it's just a couple psalms over, Psalm 142. So this happens when David's on the run for his life. King Saul, the king of Israel at that time, is chasing David with his armies trying to kill him. If David is found, he's a dead man. You know why? Because he's the anointed one of God. And Saul is jealous and Saul wants to kill him. So David ends up hiding in a cave. He's hiding in this cave and he's up against in the darkness and Saul and his armies are in the cave. And it's in that moment he writes this psalm. I want you to see what's going through David's heart as he cries out. Verse 1, Psalm 142 and verse 1. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With a voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. God, do you see what I'm going through? This is hard. Do, do you understand what I'm facing? You ever been there? David is pouring this out. Verse 3. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path, and the way wherein I walked have, thy, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. There's nobody to stand with me. There's no safe place for me to go. I'm overwhelmed with this, Lord. No man cared for my soul. <laughs> I'm reminded of Paul in 2 Timothy. Demas used to be with me. He's gone. In fact, there used to be a lot of people with me, but only Luke is here and even at my first defense, no man stood with me. Paul knows what it's like to be alone. Maybe you know what it's like to be alone. To be so overwhelmed and feeling like nobody's going to help. Verse 5, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. This is too much for me to face, Lord. I can't do this. Verse 7, bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. You see the anguish in his soul? Do you see how he cries out? He said, there, in the day when I cried out, maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've felt this way. I have no help, I have no strength, I can't do this, Lord. Have you ever found yourself crying out as David did? And then you felt his presence? In the day when I cried, you answered me. That's what he says. And you strengthened me. Have you ever felt his presence in the deepest trials? Have you ever felt his hand working on your heart and in his life as only God can do? And then somehow you found that you had strength that you didn't have before to make it through. That was from God. That was not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and bearing through it. That was God giving you strength and your very soul to face what lay ahead. 
And the day when David cried, he answered. And I can stand before you and say, there have been days that I cried out that God has answered and strengthened me. And there was grace to endure the trial. There was strength to walk through. And you come out on the other side with a heart full of praise like David has, right? God is good. He answered me. He got me through it like nobody else could. We ought to praise Him for those things. And we ought to do so with our whole heart. Because people need to hear how God can work. Maybe you're facing down a mountain of uncertainty this morning. And if you think you can't go on, my encouragement is cry out to God because He's listening. He hears and He will answer. And He will give you the strength you need. He's done so for me. He's done so for others in this very body. So cry out to Him and He'll answer. And like I said, if you have experience, then tell everybody you know because they need to hear it too. God hears and God helps. You know what? Especially coming into this time of year, there's going to be some people who need help. They may be facing... Holidays without family for the first time as a single spouse, as a widow, as somebody who's lost a child. And maybe this only holds disappointment and pain for them. And they might need, might need strength. Well, you know what? You can come alongside them and say, God hears and God helps. And by the way, can I be any help? We need to be vocal about this. David is praising God with all of his heart, not just for what he knows and what he sees about God, but what God has done in his own life. Look at verse 4, 138 and verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Now, listen, we know that this is going to be the case in the future because let's face it, not everybody on earth praises God. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus comes again, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. All the kings of the earth will bow and worship the King of all kings. Even those who do not know Him, even those who reject Him. Now, that may be the case of what David's writing, but I don't don't get that sense from this. It's as if David is saying, if you would listen to what God says, if you would listen to His truth and hear how He has worked in our lives, then you're going to praise Him for the same things because you'll know them too. Do you ever feel that way for people? People that say, I don't go to church or... I don't do the religious thing. Do you ever feel in your heart, if you only knew, if you only knew who God is, if you only knew what He does? Now listen, there's not much anything good on social media, but I came across, I don't know what you call it, whether it's a meme or a post or whatever, came across it some while back, and you've probably seen it. And I really love the concept of what it says. Here's what it says, and I quote, It's not that Christians want to shove Jesus down your throat, but man, if you knew. If you knew how He can transform you, how He can take away all that bitterness, that sorrow, that hurt, that depression, that anxiety, 
if you only knew, we boast about our Lord because He is mighty, end quote. You ever feel that? I think that's what David is feeling. All the kings of the earth, all, every, all the people of the earth, if they would just listen, if they would just see God's glory and who He is and what He does, man, they would sing like I'm singing. If they could understand and, and let it into their heart, they would praise God just the same as I do because He is so good and He is so mighty and He is so worthy of praise. God is worthy of all our praise and everybody in our life needs to know it. I don't care if they hate God. They need to hear it. I don't care if they're so far gone in some sin or some vice. It doesn't matter. God can transform them, can't He? He took a man who was possessed by a legion of demons and had him sitting in his right mind clothed at the feet of Jesus. God can transform. God can change. God can save anyone. And everyone we know needs to hear. Let me tell you who God is and how good He is and how much you need to know Him. And man, if you would just listen, you would praise Him the same as I do. Shame on us forever thinking somebody won't listen. Shame on us forever thinking somebody won't get saved. We don't know that. Let's just praise God and let God do the work on their hearts. But man, they need to hear, don't they? Everyone needs to hear. I get that sense of of David saying, He's done so much in my life. So many times I've cried out and so many times He's brought me out of the pit. If people would just see and listen to what God can do, they'll glorify Him just the same because He is great in His glory. You know what they need to hear is verse 6. Though the Lord be high, yet He hath respect unto the lowly. That God who is high and lifted up and the Creator of all things, that He would be concerned about the petty issues of my life, the things I stress out about, that He would care down, that He would care to stoop down to my level and pick me up. That's so humbling, isn't it? God cares about it. God cares about when I'm having a bad day. God cares about it when the numbers from just flat pieces of green paper don't line up. (laughs) He cares when somebody hurts me. He cares when I am hurt over my own sin. We could fill in the blank with a thousand different things, but God who is high and lifted up has regard unto me who is dust. The Scriptures say, who is man that you are mindful of him? Who are we? We're just dust. But God cares, doesn't He? God cares enough to save us. He loves us so much that He provided the sacrifice in Christ that cleanses us and gives us eternal life. God loves you so much, you personally, so much that He gave His Son for you. God loves us enough to call us to Him and to to follow Him and to walk with Him. God loves us enough to call us home to be with Him someday and enough to love us and pick us up on the way, dust us off when we stumble. So that means there's no room for pride. 
The pride, the proud, he knoweth afar off. You see, pride in our hearts pushes us away. Pride is the opposite of praise. Pride is the praise of self. You can't praise God and think you're a pretty good person. You can't praise God and be focused on yourself. Oh, listen, he'll still love you, but it's going to be from afar off. Because pride won't let him in. Pride won't let him work. I got this, God. I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. You ever have your kids tell you that? I know. No, you don't. <laughs> don't do that. That's gonna... I know. No, you don't. You don't know. But sometimes as dad, what do you got to do? Okay. And there's going to be a big I told you so moment because you didn't listen. That's what, that's what pride does with God. God's leading us. Hey, do this. You need to do this or you need to, you need to act this way. You need to say whatever it may be. He's leading our, our hearts and the pride within us says, I got this, God. And isn't there so many I told you so moments when we come back say, I'm sorry, God. should have listened. I should have listened. Pride pushes them away. Without God, I don't have a chance, so I have no room for pride. We so need Him. There is so much to praise God for, isn't there? Now, as he moves to a close in this psalm, I want you to notice his tone changes from the past and present, because he's praising God for who He is, praising God for what He's done. He changes his tone now to the future. And praise has a way of working in our hearts in that way. When we have seen what God has done for us, when we understand all that He's done, all that who He is and how He's working right now, it builds our faith in His power to work in the future, doesn't it? If God has brought me to this point, and God is good and loving and kind and true, and He's strengthened me so many times then what that should do as we praise Him is build in our hearts a faith to know He's got whatever comes up next. And that's what David says. I want you to notice, thirdly, the faith of His praise. Verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. There may be some troublesome times ahead. Sometimes when sorrow overwhelms me or my spirit begins to falter or I need some more strength. You know what God's going to do? He's going to pick me up and He's going to revive me. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth Thy hand against the wrath of my enemies. People are going to say things. People are going to be against me. They're going to try to make me stumble. God will take care of it. God will stretch His hand against that and Thy right hand shall save me. I will be delivered by the power of God. Verse 8, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine hands. This is faith in God's power. He knows that whatever may come, God's going to get him through. In Psalm 16, David says, says this, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. You ever say that? This is the lot we get in life. These are the cards that have been dealt. Let life throw it at once. Who holds it in his hand? God. Thou maintainest my lot. God's got my lot. He's got my life. And David says in the next verse, The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. (laughs) 
That's faith in God's power. Do you have that confidence this morning? That God has a good plan and God will perfect that which concerneth me. He's going to complete it all. Do you have that confidence? I pray that you do. If not, think of all that God has done for you. All that He's brought you through. Think of some things that we talked about last week in Romans chapter 8. Who's going to condemn you? Who's going to try to judge you? Who's going to conquer you? Who's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Nothing. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? In fact, all those things are working for our good. Think on those things and you'll see it starts to produce faith in your heart for the next trial. So have faith in God. And maybe you need to pray for help like David does here. Lord, I know your mercy endures forever. Please don't forsake all that you've done. In fact, please keep doing it. And let Him give you strength as only He can. God is so good, we've said it many times, God is so worthy of all of our praise, so worthy of it that everyone needs to know just who He is. And that's where I want to focus on that last phrase. Because it still has to do with the faith that praise produces in us. In verse 1, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Why will I do that? Because I know God is better. God is better than anything else. Now, there's different thoughts on this. What does that word gods mean? Some translations translate it angels or mighty ones. Some translate it little g gods, as you see here. Either way, it's fine. If it's the angels, fine. Let the angels hear my praise. Let the angels hear the praise of the people of God. Let them see us worship with a whole heart because we worship in a way they can't. I can praise God for the salvation that He has given me. I once was dead, now I am alive because of God. The angels can't say that. Let them hear how many times God has picked me up and set me back on the right path by His grace and His mercy. And how many times He has showered that down. Let all of heaven hear that praise that comes from His people. So if it's angels, fine. But I don't think that's what it's saying. I think he's talking about little g gods, idols. What's an idol? A statue? Yeah, some, some can be, sure. At the root of it, it's anything that man worships over God. You think that still happens today? <laughs> Better believe it, right? People worship a lot of things. They may not say they do, but they worship a lot of things. Self, money, stuff, sports, pleasure, feelings, experience. Oh, the list could go on and on, right? There's things like that that people put their trust in, they put their hope in. I watched the stadium Friday night of 53,000 people be disappointed. Because one player decided to swing at a ball on the last pitch with the bases loaded. I don't know if you caught some of the looks on the crowd, but man, they were devastated. Like you just shoved a knife in their stomach. Oh! People put their trust and their hope in a lot of things, don't they? They worship some of this, whether they say so or not. 
Let me tell you, right now, God is better. God is better than all of that. And we had better be telling them that He is better. You know what they need to hear from us? Let me tell you who God is. Let me tell you what He can do. He can do things that all that other stuff, whether it be money or sex or drugs or alcohol or even yourself or some team, can ever do. God can do more than all of that because all of that will fail. The high fades. The people fade. Your body fails. All of that will fail. God never fails. God never disappoints. Those things disappoint. Those things cause us heartache and grief. Not God. God heals all of that. God lifts me all out of that and sets my feet on solid ground. So much things, so much so that when things around me do fail, I'm standing strong because of my God who is great and glorious. And we need to be out there in the face of all that people worship, proclaiming God with all of our heart. I'm going to praise Him with my whole heart. Before the gods, I'm going to sing praise to you. Before all these things that people worship, they're going to hear praise for the high and holy and true God. That ought to be us this morning, church. We ought to be out there telling of His goodness, telling of His salvation, of the peace and the joy and contentment that He alone can give. You think football's good? Let me tell you, God is better. You think baseball's good? Let me tell you, God is better. You think money is everything? Let me tell you, God is worth far more than all of that. Fill in the blank. We ought to be speaking to that. Because people need that. They have been burned. They have been jaded. They have been let down so many times by the things that they put their faith in. And oh, that a faithful servant of God with a heart full of praise would cross their path and say, let me tell you about the one who is better than anything else. Let me tell you the one who satisfies my soul and who keeps and guards and guides all of my life. The one who saved me and is coming again for me and wants to do the same for you. God is better. God is greater. God gives more joy. God gives a better life. My God is great and greatly to be praised and I will do so with all of my heart. They may not listen. They may laugh. They say, oh, yeah, okay, that's good for you. It's not good for me. Have patience because there's going to come a time when life will hit them. And it will be that praise that you've been proclaiming before them. Day after day, conversation after conversation, it'll hit home. And they'll remember the way he talked about God in such a real way. And the way that he said God helped him over and over. I want that because I need that. There's going to come a day when they'll listen. But all we ought to be praising God for who he is and what he's done in the face of all that people worship. They need to hear it. They need to see it in us like a walking neon billboard. I don't think there was ever a doubt who David worshipped. Even with all his faults. And I want it to be the same for me. Unafraid. Unashamed. I don't care. I don't care if somebody hears me singing Amazing Grace. As if that's a bad song. Or whistling some tune. What are they going to say? Who are you singing that for? 
What are you singing Aerosmith for? Whatever. That's just <laughs> what comes to mind. What are you singing that for? My song's better. Let me tell you what my song means. But yet we're so ashamed sometimes. Why? No, we need to be out there unafraid, unashamed, not intimidated, because our God is bigger and better and greater than all. And we know it. Not just up here. We know it. We felt it. We've watched Him work time and time again. And we know the love He has and what He can do for each and every person in our lives. And so the question, as always, is will we? Do we? Maybe you're a little jaded yourself. Maybe life is just crazy and we're busy and just kind of gotten disconnected. And maybe... Maybe what we need to do this morning is take a few moments and recall that all that God has done for us. All that He's brought you through. All the promises He's kept and all the promises He will keep. And all that He's done when we deserve none of it. God is so good and loving toward us, isn't He? Maybe we need to get back to a heart that is full of worship. Maybe you need strength today. Maybe you're facing down some hard things and you don't know how you're going to make it through. God will give you strength. God will give you revival in in troublesome times if you just trust Him and ask Him. Maybe you need salvation this morning. That's the greatest display of God's love for us. If you don't know Him as Savior today, the Bible tells us we are lost in our sins. We are headed for an eternity in hell. But God loves us so much He gave us The free gift of salvation in Christ. Christ died to save us. He died to save you. And you can be forgiven and have eternal life if you would place your faith in Him. As simple as that. Trusting that He did the work, that He took your place and He alone can save you, and all we do is accept. We say, yes, Lord, save me. I pray that you would ask Him to save you and trust that He will. Whatever the need, let's take these next few moments as we move toward an invitation to seek a refreshing in Him, a refocusing of our hearts on who He is, on praising Him, saying, it's all about You, Lord. All of me points to all of You because You are worthy and You are good and You are great. Let's pray. Father, I pray that You would take these words and these truths, take them by Your Spirit into our hearts and Strengthen us and produce within us the praise that you are worthy of. I pray if there is any who might be struggling here, Lord, and facing down some hard times, that you would strengthen as you can, revive as only you can, that they would cry out to you for strength. Even if there's one who does not know you as Savior, Lord, that you would draw them, convict them of their sins, and show them Christ on the cross, crucified, so that they might have life. Whatever the need is, whatever the work is that needs to be done, Lord, please do that by your Spirit as only you can. Ask all this in your name. Amen.